Silence is not a fad. It's a forever space that we can choose to enter or not enter at any moment in the day-to-day of our noisy world. The problem is most of the noise comes from within ourselves. We can turn our phones off, turn the TV off, ask Alexa to turn it down and so on, but what happens when we can't turn our thoughts off? We can have complete silence all around us, but our heads will be flooded with disconnected thoughts. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can't stop thinking. We weren't trained at a young age to meditate like the monks do in Tibet, or the Buddhists, or Indian gurus. For example, Ignatius of Loyola, founder of the Jesuit order, used to spend seven solid hours a day in silent prayer and came to the only possible conclusion. Silence cancels all rational and discursive activity, therefore enabling direct perception of the divine word. I don't have seven minutes, let alone seven hours, but I want divinity, daily divinity. So how do we find our way to silence? Why can it be uncomfortable at times? And how does it help us become better people? These are some of the questions we explored with our guests today at Creative Mornings. I'm your host, David Allen Moss, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Wake Up Call. I'm Thomas Fox with Creative Mornings Cleveland. We're thrilled to have Evergreen Podcasts on board as our official podcast partner. Evergreen Podcasts is committed to producing the best original content and engaging shows. Right now, you're listening to Wake Up Call, recorded on location at the monthly Creative Mornings Lecture Series. Enjoy. I think, I think we're both comfortable with silence with each other. Especially. I love silence. I long for silence. I'm from like a more rural area originally. And so I loved laying in bed at night and having it just be silent. And I don't feel like I get that in the city. It's like, and so I sleep with like a white noise machine and and earplugs in. And I'm just like, this is the closest to silence I can get. (sighs) This is Adam Reifsnyder and Lauren Morgan singer-songwriter duo, the Fairdewells, and a happy couple. I spoke with them on the topic of silence and how they use it to get in touch with their creativity as musicians. I think in songwriting, even, like, being able to eliminate all other things around and just get in touch with a vulnerable space, any, anything creative, I think, writing, you know, art, being able to be silent so that you can really go to deeper depths within yourself and translate that into something. And like maybe to bear witness to someone else's process. Like, you know, if somebody's in pain or they're grieving or they're upset and you love them and you see them upset and they want to like kind of, you know, like talk about what's happening, sometimes for them it's slow. And for a lot of us, I think we're like, oh God, they're uncomfortable. Fill the spaces, fill the holes, fill the silence. And so we'll like interrupt processing sometimes. I think it's really hard to stay grounded and silent and just like hold space for people sometimes. And I think that's similar to that creative moment. We're just like 
just be still and and trust that things are happening as they should. The idea of stillness is such an elusive one. I mean, how often do you stay still in the day? If you aren't a yoga teacher, I'd imagine not very often. We then discuss the use of a sensory deprivation tank where you're forced to stay still and be silent. Would you do it? So you're like floating perfectly in this water because it's salinated and it's exactly your body temperature and you're in a tank where the lid closes and so it's pitch black and it's full silence and so it is like being 100% totally inside of your own consciousness which I'm like, oh my God, that's so amazing. How do I get there? Yeah, and that does kind of sound terrifying at the same time. It's like, it's, it's almost like replicating what you, you might imagine death feels like. Because there's no outside influence, there's no light, there's, it's like the absence of everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like totally cool with being dead. I just don't want to do the dying part, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so there are some people who, like Lauren, long for silence. And then there are some people who prefer to be surrounded by noise. That's Kathy Blackman. She's owner of The Grog Shop, one of Cleveland's premier music venues. It's where we held this month's breakfast lecture for Creative Mornings. And Kathy, her thoughts on silence are honest. And as a music venue owner, not surprising. I'm not good with silence, I'll be honest. Like yoga, I can't take it. When you, they're like, oh, it's the quiet time, I lose my mind, so. <laughs> Why? What is it about silence that makes you uncomfortable? I don't know. It's, I mean, it's not that I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe you're tuned more to vibration. Even at the quietest level, it's still not right. totally quiet. Yeah. It's that dynamic. You, you like the dynamics of more. I think if more. I, if think if it's silence around me, then there's no, there's not silence. Everything's going on in my head. And if oh. there's a lot going on around me, nothing's going on in my head. So actually, it, so <laughs> Does actually. Does that make any sense? I mean, no, no. Because that's, I'm kind of like that. The, yeah. the sounds quiet me. It's the proverbial noise machine that puts you to sleep, right? Or possibly the idea that there's a parallel here between silence and peacefulness. There doesn't necessarily have to be silence that creates a calm inside our minds. It can also be gentle noise. Yeah, I like more peaceful music, I'll be honest. Oh, okay. But, you know, like in the car, I listen to classical. And... My I, my favorite genre tends to be like more indie shoegazer yeah. kind of rock. But it's not silent. It's just not loud. Like yesterday we had a sound check going on and I'm like, they're not so bad if you're really far away from them because otherwise it's so freaking loud. Yeah. So I guess there's a difference between loud and sound. <laughs> Kathy is onto something here. Napoleon Hill, the author of Think and Grow Rich, states that music is the second most potent source of energy. Music is so powerful that it has the ability to shift your mentality in a matter of seconds. Music that calibrates on a higher frequency, like Bach, Wagner, Strauss, Tchaikovsky, has proven to give you a good brain workout and also reduces blood pressure, causes the release of dopamine, and even improves cell function in your RNA and DNA. Sounds a lot like the benefits of meditating in silence. If you're enjoying the show, check out another podcast from the Evergreen family, Burn the Boats. 
On Burn the Boats, host Ken Harbaugh interviews political leaders and influencers. He talks to folks like presidential candidate Joe Sestak, conservative commentator Bill Kristol, and Obama speechwriter Adam Frankel about big decisions they've made. You can find Burn the Boats wherever you listen to podcasts. Our final interview was with Bill Morgan. He was the guest speaker at today's Creative Mornings. Now, in direct contrast with Kathy Blackman at the Grog Shop, who works a lot with noise, Bill works with the deaf community. He's the artistic manager for CHSC, the Cleveland Hearing and Speech Center, where he controls the day-to-day activities of Sign Stage, a deaf awareness theater program. He speaks fondly on the topic of silence, which is both enlightening and empowering. Do you think that your role with the theater and, and with, with the program, part of that is the, dis- it seems like we talk today a lot about perception of, of silence. Is your role kind of to disrupt that perception in, in the general community or the, in terms of an outreach, like change people's minds about silence? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, Simply? That's yeah. a short answer. Long, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take, and now for the long form response. <laughs> well, what I, what I mean by that is um, you may, may hear me say the, I uh, use the terms where I say I advocate for the deaf community. Right. Uh, which is basically part of what the, my responsibility is for the Cleveland Hearing and Speech Center. Um, I'm an entertainer first. Uh, I grew up as a director, actor, writer, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was making a living doing that. You know, and it maybe it wasn't a lot of money, but at least I was able to pay the bills just right. by using my talent in that way. Uh, but then when I got involved in uh, the deaf theater, again, just took a job. Uh, everybody asked me, well, how did you start with sign language? And I don't have a very fancy answer. It just, I took a job. It just, there was a job available. They said, to do this, you have to learn sign language. And I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll learn sign language. So, but then of course that then, went on and on and on and years go by and then eventually it kind of morphed into now it's uh, more of advocating for the deaf community using uh, my theater techniques as it is but I'm still an entertainer first Uh, I call myself an entertainer who can teach I'm not a teacher who can entertain Bill stated in his speech this morning emotions are the same for everyone feelings are the universal language we think of silence as being the lack of sound We think of sound as being the sensation of vibrations through the air hitting our ears, but it's not. Sound is movement. And this is how sign language works. And this is how something with no sound can, in fact, be very, very loud. You've got all kinds of um, probably things you could share about your relationship with silence or what does it mean? It's different for probably, we've noticed people sit down and they have different ideas of what it means for them personally. It's very personal. It's interesting because... Obviously, if a person is deaf and they can't hear, um, the natural thing for a hearing person to think is that they're living in total silence. And it's, it's only natural to think that. Now, now, technically, maybe they are, technically speaking. Um, but what's interesting is that the deaf community is actually also very loud very, very loud because of the movement and the emotions and the facial expressions, yeah. Because that is part of their language. 
So what's funny is that when I was new as a hearing person uh, to the deaf community, I would be over here watching these two deaf people and their faces are all angry and they're just, they're, their movements are really intense. and Or even exaggerated. Yeah, very just, much. Yeah. Very much. Animated. And, and That's the word, animated. And, and I had the feeling like, oh my God, they must be in an argument with each other about something. Or maybe they don't like each other. Or maybe they're having a fight or something like that. Wrong. They're just telling a story. But in order to communicate the feelings of the story, then that's how they act. They were just telling a story. I love that. The Orientalist painter Eugene Fromenton adored the silence of the Sahara. People assume that silence, being an absence of noise, is the auditory equivalent of darkness. Fromenton was having none of it. Quote, silence that reigns over vast spaces is more a sort of aerial transparency which gives greater clarity to the perceptions, unlocks the world of infinitely small noises, and reveals a range of inexpressible delights." End quote. You know, I may not walk the Sahara, but I enjoy the five minutes of silence I have while looking out the window after everyone's headed out the door. Sometimes I'll even sit at the far end of the room and look across our space and just take it all in from a different perspective. Totally quiet except for me and my dog Crosby sitting there. I enjoy a dojo filled with kiops and yelps of my daughter at her karate tournaments and the calm of my bass guitar warm-ups just before I go on stage for a show. They may not be altogether silent, but these are my moments of stillness and peacefulness. My moments of clarity as silence weaves in and out of my days. These are my inexpressible delights. Wake Up Call is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer and audio director Dave Douglas story editor Julie Fink, and account manager Connor Standish. Thanks to 2Bob Crew for the use of their song, Rooster, available on iTunes. If you'd please like and review this program, it would really help. Learn more about this and other podcasts from Evergreen at evergreenpodcasts.com. Wake Up Call, ideas that crow. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.